Save the date for the 12th of September. Join our webinar on digital transformation in manufacturing. We are exploring how IoT, AI and smart factories are reshaping our sector. Hear from industry leaders like Airbus, Rolls-Royce and Heriot Watt University. This is a must attend for professionals and decision makers in manufacturing. So register now at resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. That's resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. The link is also in the description. I had a great conversation this week with Maurizio Bragani, the CEO of Tratos Group. We discussed what it means to be a modern day industrialist, why family values are important in business today, and how incorporating purpose into your business model can create stronger connections with customers and employees, leading to long-term success. From Redfern Media, this is Remake Manufacturing. My guest this week is Maurizio Bragani, a titan of the industry and a man who embodies resilience and ingenuity in equal measure. He's an Italian-born industrialist who has taken a family-owned company born in the aftermath of war and turned it into a global powerhouse in the cable industry. From very humble beginnings in 1966, his company now boasts a turnover of over £250 million. 36 offices and five factories dotted around the UK, each bringing economic stimulation to some of the country's most depressed areas. As CEO of Tretos Group, he has helped revolutionize an age-old industry while maintaining a focus on people, purpose, and prosperity. So, Maurizio, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks a lot. I thought an interesting place to start would be for you to explain the concept of being an industrialist. I think it's a super fascinating topic and a great way to start the conversation. And, and how this carries certain connotations. How do you define what the term means in the modern era and how does it align with your operations at Tratos Group? Uh, let's say in this way, an industrialist in any time, it's someone that have a desire to build something. And if you have a proper desire to build something, it means that you want to create something for the good of the others. So, and if you want to do this, you must respect the environmental. So if you want a proper definition of an industrialist from my background is a, a person with a curiosity and genuinity to create something, to innovate something for the good of a human being in respect on the environmental in which he is. That is what I think that is a proper industrial should be. And that is what I think that I try to be. Uh, my products, the cables industry, we produce cables. And if you think about cables, this uh, opportunity would not exist without the cables, without the power to power the computer, to power the network, and without uh, the fiber optic to give the opportunity to have a, a communication or even without a radio. So basically, without a cable industry, the modern time doesn't exist. And as industrialists, what I'm looking is to give a better life, to give better opportunity to everyone. Since the industrial revolution on the 18th century above, the life of the human being has been increased, has been improved. Uh, we still a lot of to do it, but there is a, an improvement, a general improvement. I like facts, I like numbers. On the 18th century, there were... Uh, more than half of the population of the world were not able to write and to read. Only the not alphabetic people, they are only 
10% of the world population. Uh, we still to have a very uh, huge number of uh, death of, on, on birth, but it's not anymore 50% as it was 200 years ago. It's only 5%. It's still a huge number, but it's still a, a, a reduced number. So if we see in prospect the industrialization and us as industrialists, we have a larger responsibility. We have built a better world, but we have forgot that we need to respect the world where we are. We are only um, a, keep, um, a safekeeper. We, not, we do not own the world. We are only here in transit. And so we need as a proper responsibility to deliver something better to the next generation and also something cleaner and more sustainable. That I think that is a proper definition for me as an industrialist. Let's talk a little bit about Tratos Group because you run a fascinating family-owned business. It's got a super tumultuous history full of ups and downs. Talk a little bit about what the company does. Um, share any specific stats just to give us an idea of the size and scale and scope of, of the organization. And then maybe for our audience, talk us through some of the history because it's a super fascinating journey that you've been on in the last, I want to say, 100 years. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, Tratos is a cable manufacturer. As you can listen from my accent, I'm coming from London. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm originally origin from it Italy in Florence. And, uh, and what you can see is that um, my company was created uh, in 1947. The first time our founder, Egidio Cappuccini, uh, left Italy because Italy was destroyed by the Second World War. He moved to Argentina. Argentina at that time was a, uh, an emerging country. So he moved over there. He created a company over there. And then a certain point, a cable company. And then a certain point was uh, by, by the political situation, he was uh, forced to leave the company, to leave everything, to leave the country. He moved back to Italy. In the 1960s, he started to it's a second operation, and this operation at a certain point was stopped because he ran out of capital, so he moved to the United States, and then uh, he made some uh, consultancy over there, and then he came back in 1966 and carried on the project, the origin of Stratos. And in, from 1966, we produced cables. If you think about cables, if you think about modern life, if you think about uh, airplane, if you think about car, if you think about telecommunication, power, energy, any transport, anything is connected with the cables. Sometimes we talk about cloud and everyone, when I talk about cloud, they look in the sky and say, no, that is not the cloud that I'm, I'm referring to. When we talk about cloud, your data are storage in a cloud. What does it mean? It means that your data are storage in a computer connect to another computer through the cables. 90% of this network is under sea. It's unbelievable, it's under sea. If you go to, for example, uh, if you think about Google and you go to D Dublin, in probably in a 20 kilometers uh, circle from the center of Dublin, that is where there is a lot of uh, your data storage if they are in Europe. So if we think about that, uh, there is a lot of cables and a lot of th so the modern life, the innovation, everything is based on big data. Uh, the fact that you can order a Uber with, a, with, a, with just a, 
or whatever is a taxi, whatever, through a mobile phone is because there is an antenna that cap that signal and go through the signal through the cables. So our industry is very modern. We have been since 1966 uh, develop our presence. Our mission is to create job in the press area. Uh, what does it mean that we have uh, created a company where in our own original village that was destroyed by the Second World War? And that is the reason why we invested over there. Then we invest in South Italy because it was a very depressed area over there. We have a factory here in Liverpool, in Nosley, because it was a depressed area also to there. Because our mission is to give job, to give opportunity to uh, depressed areas. And... Uh, what does it mean? It means that, for example, we have never paid dividend by our by law. It means that the salary of our top manager is cannot be 11 times more than the salary of the lower. So we have a very strong social corporate responsibility and idea for a lot of reasons. We have a family business, so you can see family everywhere. You can see um, a CEO like uh, myself or my cousin Ennio, my cousin Elisabetta, my uncle on the top level. My father is responsible for one of the production, or you can see one of our cousins working just in a line as a simple general worker, or a friend that came to school with us over there. So the family is involved at all, in all levels, according to the talents, according to the, what they wanted, according also to the share on the company, but also the people, our community, is involved with us and we are very focused in our community. Uh, I'm the third generation in business. I got four generation of our people that are working with us. So of course the great grandfather was a uh, general worker. Now that is an engineer or is working in the county department or is uh, working in one of our factory around the world. So that is Stratos and Stratos is a very strong contributor to innovation at any level. And we are very proud also to be very involved with the local community, with the local uh, authority to help and to develop the local society. Remake Manufacturing is brought to you by Redfern Media, the digital agency for B2B manufacturers. We partner with B2B manufacturers to listen, think, create and innovate. To find out more, head over to remakemanufacturing.com and sign up to the podcast, plus manufacturing marketing and technology insights. Now, back to the show. What do you think other businesses that aren't familial businesses can learn from Tratos' example that can help it to build resilience and to grow over tumultuous periods of time? Um, on family, so the one point that I would like just to make 56%, 56% of the UK companies are family business. Hmm. Um, I give another, another number. Uh, roughly, uh, the family business worldwide contribute for 60, 60% of GDP. Wow. Uh, exactly. So we do not realize, but, uh, and family business is a concept that is uh, multicultural. Any family business is everywhere. When I say everywhere, is everywhere around the world. Uh, family, we have a family business in India, in China, in United States, in Italy, in England, everywhere. It doesn't. It doesn't. So it doesn't. Is not connected even 
in a former communist country or in, in the capitalist country is not connected to the social structure. Family is connected to the, to the most common element that is a family. So uh, for a family business must learn that a family is one thing and business is another thing. Business have its own rules. And so business is also a separate entity. That is the big challenge that there is in family business. So sometimes people forget that uh, the, the, the family uh, business has got a balance sheet and that balance sheet, they got asset from one side, shareholders and liability from the other side. So unless you are the only shareholders and you have only the money for buy that asset, you have other stakeholders, you have uh, your employees, you have uh, the bank. So the company cannot be con cannot be absorbed as, oh, I am the company. That is the big mistake in family business. But a big privilege on the family business, and we see what has been created. I'll give you an example, uh, Unilever. When it started, in, if you go to Sandport, that is not far from the Northwest of Liverpool, you see that that industry, that was just a soap industry to create a soap that had the, the great idea to uh, marketing with the proper name. Instead to say a generic soap was a, a sunlight. So uh, it created also the, the houses for their own employees. And that is the same example in Italy of Buitoni or in Germany of, uh, of uh, Volkswagen, because the idea of a family business is I need talents to make sure that my business is profitable and that take care of my people. So I need to invest in talent. So I think that everyone can learn and must learn one lesson that is talent first, the next industrial revolution. What we are living now as a crisis, is not a crisis of finance, it's not a crisis of money, it is a crisis of talents. We are going to fight in for talents. Even those is coming the artificial intelligence, talents, people with talents, that is what we are looking for. And, uh, and that is really the big challenge for everyone. So what uh, the not uh, family business can learn from us is how we uh, take care of uh, the stakeholders. The pro uh, we don't like to call profit, we like to call profitability. It's, an, it's obvious that a company to be profitable, otherwise you do not, it's not sustainable. But to be a proper sustainability, you need to have a prosperity. So you need to have an investment in the talent, in the people. And, and that means in health first, in safety second, in salary, in benefit. So you must have this. Otherwise, you cannot be successful. So if the success of a person is a what is is based in how much billion do you have in your bank account don't do the don't be an industrialist you need to be a finance you need to create money from money and you need to create something from nothing that is not our job our job is to create something from the reality is the uk still an attractive place to grow a manufacturing business today and, and what more can the UK government do to support manufacturers? I think that is not a, the point if we are a good place. It's the point that we are alone in the world at the moment. Whatever, I, I don't go on the discussion Brexit or no Brexit, the fact that we are alone. And uh, the majority of our inflation is due to the fact that we do not have a national industry 
that they are concentrating to produce the products that we need. So we do not have any other alternatives that started to produce something internally because the pound is going to, as drop, the pound is going to reduce its power because we are only a population of 50, 65 millions against a block of Europe of 300 millions, against a block of United States of 500 millions. I don't say against in the sense of uh, antagonize, I just in, in comparison. So the reality is that we need to reproduce, we need to start it, to reinvent it, to, to invest in, in, the in the industry. Otherwise, we are going to pay more and more and more something that somebody else is producing. And we are not going to have the service and the level of the infrastructure that we need. We need to have some industry. And we need to have some good industry that produce innovation. If, you, if unfortunately, on, on by the fact that we are not anymore in one of the block of the world. We are not the 51 state of United States, so we can use it, their industry and, and giving them our service. We are not anymore one of part of Europe. We cannot anymore use the industry of the other states in our benefit and concentrate to be uh, only uh, finance. This is a luxury that we cannot have anymore. We need the industry. What the government can do for the industry? Well, I think that more than what the government can do from an industry, I think that is uh, the banks. The banks, the UK bank system does not understand the industry at all. Uh, the UK bank system is based, uh, if, except on a few very um, exceptional uh, b banks. One is mine, but I don't mention, so I don't make any, <laughs> any publicity. But uh, except on a few really illuminated banks, the, the banks don't understand the industry because they don't have, they did, they did not, they, they, they didn't have, the, they haven't the experience on the last hundred years, on the last 50 years. So there was a post-industrial state, uh, Great Britain. So they lost, for example, the fact that the industry needs loan, needs debts. So the UK society is based in equity, uh, the industry needs that. The, the industry need to carry on. I have a contract uh, of uh, hundred millions. I need to deliver that contract. I need to buy the material. I need to transform that material. I need to deliver the material. I need somebody who finances it. That can somebody can be equity. It needs to be that. The majority of that needs to be that. So the banks need to structure themselves in a more proactive way to to be orientated to give in uh, debts to, to support, to the, the discount contract or discount uh, um, manufacturing. And that is really reluctant uh, at the moment. Uh, they are, it's, easier, it's easier to um, sell something in, uh, to the bank, sell something in the uh, metaverse. I have a factor in the metaverse, <laughs> I need a billion. Sure. The, I, pr I probably collect the billions for the metaverse. Right. But if, if you throw in AI as well and, and, and other terms like that, you'll, you'll make even more. Exactly. I make it more, but it, it's more difficult instead to say, I have those assets, I have, those, I have that contract, I need uh, that different to buy the raw material and transform it back. It's a concept that sometimes is very difficult. So it's more a problem of the bank. For the government, the government to have a proper uh, 
supply strategy, they must support the cluster. That not, doesn't, cluster doesn't mean a monopoly, but cluster means a support of an area which you have expertise to help the industry. An industry like mine needs to have a, a plumber, needs to have an electrician, but not as employed by my company. I need to have an area in which you can find easily those talents, those, uh, those people, because you need it for repairing the equipment, uh, to upgrade the equipment. So it's a cluster. So what it miss at the moment is a strategic, is an um, is is industrial strategy in which you are going to build two or three cluster, I don't know, Northwest, Glasgow, South of, where you are going to help a cluster for the, for the wind farm, a cluster for uh, Motor Valley. So something that you built expertise in that area in, in which you are helping the industry to move there and to give job, to give opportunity. I think that is what the government could do it, but also the big change it must happen inside of the finance and the bank system that is at the moment not orientated to the industry. I want to spend a little bit of time before we bring the interview to a close back to the fact that you are building factories and giving opportunities to people in deprived areas of, of the country. I find that super inspiring and something that I feel that a lot of other businesses would like to do. Um, maybe haven't figured out how best to add purpose onto their business model. What have you learned about how to do that well? I'll give you a number. I think that this number give always uh, a clear impression of what we have achieved. Remember that we are six factories in Europe, one in one joint venture in Brazil. And we are a group of a uh, quarter of a billion uh, sterling and also a group with uh, 500 plus people. And we are selling in 36 countries around the world. 95%, 95% of the people that started to work with us go in pension with us. So investing in the pre in uh, the pre area, investing in difficult area, uh, on the beginning, is uh, it's very difficult to be to to conquer the trust. For example, the last experience was in Nosley, in the Liverpool area, to build to to build to achieve the trust of those people, thinking that they could think about oh, this is the Italian coming here to deprive, to collect, to to make money and then disappear. Um, it's uh, legitimate to have that doubts. But then what has built, what, what was um, clear after, now is uh, 23 years, so after the time that we have been together, has been one thing, that we never close one factory in which we are started, operated. Um, that we uh, have invested in people. And you see also video in which our people, they say they have invested in us. And, uh, and, and third, what we have achieved as soon as you conquer their trust, you, 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 you get back a, lo a large loyalty. Loyalty that they are mo the most important things in an industry like ours. Because any NDA, any uh, 
non-disclosure agreement that we sign or any kind of uh, uh, contract in which I tell you that for six months you cannot uh, um, work for my competitors. What, what any clause that I put over there, if you come to my industry, my industry is very sensible. I sell, I produce cable for the Department of International Trade, I produce cable for the, the defense, I produce cable for the utility. So you know, I know a very important know-how. And uh, so the most important thing for us is loyalty. So what do you achieve, what do we have achieved is loyalty back. Trust, first we build the trust, then we have a loyalty back. Of course, sometimes it means that you bend the, you bend the rules for the benefit of our, our, your own people. And sometimes they don't even understand. For example, I came back from COVID, I came back from China. Um, that was uh, January. And I came back from uh, China. I just landed in, in, uh, in, in London and, and I say to the UK operational, everyone is smart working face masks to everyone. I'm going to Italy we, uh, because I needed to sort it out over there. See you soon. But from now on, everything Zoom. The factory was protesting. Oh, face mask, you cannot impose us face masks. That was February. So they were protesting. There were people that were saying, oh, you cannot impose. They uh, say, I don't care. That is the way because it's coming something that we don't know. And, and that is the way how they, they, they survive to the black plague. So that is what we have to do it. Uh, whatever, whoever is in, in, in the office, smart working, the factory is safe because there is a very large space between one person to the others. And just face mask in, in the common space. Let's see. Six months later, I was right, unfortunately. And then they realized that uh, I did it, something that was... Uh, because I saw it, something that was already in China, not because it was my imagination. I was coming from there. I realized that the, the things was really serious. I saw what they were trying to put in place. So I said, before we are going, it's too, it's too late. Let's do something to that. Or sometime you have also to bend the rules. For example, um, by the UK law, you can put a person in sick pay and 90 pound, whatever is the amount, and after a certain period, you fire. And of course, for us, it's not, con it's not acceptable. In particular, when we had, uh, we had several cases of people that have got cancer. So what we do it, we leave it that people, that person with nothing. I had, uh, unfortunately, member of my family with cancer. I have a people that died with cancer. So I know what does it mean for a family. And, uh, and, and now I have a human being in front of me and the law that tell me that I can fire, uh, that is not the law. That is not what it can be a company that is really want to be a social company and something that wants really to support. So we have tried to do it what we can, of course. What the government can do it? Change this bloody law that is uh, totally unfair because that is really unfair. So, because on the same... And what it was very funny, Nathan, was that uh, I was uh, contested by my academic, more uh, intelligent professor that, uh, oh, you are living in the private industry. Uh, you do not do that, you know. And then same situation in the university and same situation in the private industry. Unfortunately, that poor ladies was fired in the academy and my lady still working for me now after the recovery. 
because they could not do nothing. Oh, that is the law. What we can do it? What you can do? You don't, you don't do it. Simple. You cannot obey a law that it doesn't work. If a law is against human beings, why you do it? So, as I said, what we have learned, we learned that you get loyalty. You, uh, that, that lady, uh, I'm laughing because now it's, still, it's, now it's fine, it's with us, it's, uh, but I'm laughing because uh, she even reply and work by computer and by remote because she cannot, she's still not in position to be in, a, in, an, in, a, in an open space with a lot of people. Even Sunday. So if you send an email on Sunday morning, you get you get the answer. Not because we ask them to do it, and and so, but because because she say, look, you have saved you, your company. This friendship has saved my life. In in a moment that I was desperate because I was thinking I don't have the money for take care of myself. I don't have the money for cure myself. I don't have. A, oh, I have to sell the flat. I have to sell the house. I have to do that. I have to. And in reality, I was able to carry on my usual life, my normal life, because I was an employee of the company. Mauricio, we like to end the show every week with the same closing question that we ask all of our guests. And that question is, tell us the one thing that if it was never manufactured, if it was never invented, your life would be unbearable. Well, uh, that is a quite an, an easy stuff uh, for a man like me. That is the cables, because without this, we don't have the modern society. So you really open me. So if you want, the easy answer is that. But if you want a personal answer on Maurizio, yeah, please. What, what the washing machine? A washing machine, a washing <laughs> machine. Because I, I have, I have to clean the dishes after every dinner, and I've got four daughters and my wife, and so my washing machine is really something that helped me. Tongue became crazy because I pretend to have a lot of different kind of uh, food on the on on the table, and my wife, she was, she's so nice to deliver that. But then I have, I need to to clean all the, the, the pans and I've been using to prepare that beautiful dinner. <laughs> so my washing machine, absolutely. They, whoever invented the washing machine have all my solidarity. <laughs> That's a great answer. Definitely saves you hours every night and uh, stops a lot of fights as well, I'm sure. Exactly. Mauricio, thank you so much for doing this. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing about your philosophy and, and learning more about Tritos Group as well. So thank you very much for doing this. Thanks to you, Nathan. Thanks a lot. Subscribe to this podcast in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Music. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Remake Manufacturing. I'm Nathan Alibaba. See you next time. <laughs>